God's ray, as I did. In the night, find the light ray. The dark Every Jedi who ever lived lives in you. The force surrounds you, Ray. Let it guide you. Feel the force flowing through you, Ray. Let it lift you. Rise, Ray. We stand behind you, Ray. Ray. In the heart of a Jedi lies her strength. Ray, the force will be with you. Always. The Skywalker Saga officially came to an end on December 19th, 2019. After beginning 42 years earlier and spanning nine feature-length films, J.J. Abrams finished telling the space fantasy that George Lucas began in 1977. And as I left the New York City theater the night of Rise of Skywalker's premiere and made my way back uptown, a thought nagged at me. I stared out the window at the blur in front of me, and as the train sped up between stops, I wondered if this was the end of Star Wars. Sure, The Mandalorian had become a surprise hit, surpassing almost everyone's expectations, and it seemed like the entire world had adopted the child, or as we collectively had named the little green creature in the oversized robe, Baby Yoda. And inevitably, there would be more series and more movies to come. The seventh and final season of The Clone Wars would premiere a few months later, and while I was counting the days, there was a bittersweet feeling that came along with that one as well. Like Rise of Skywalker, the final season of The Clone Wars marked a true ending to another long-loved Star Wars story. I had no idea what Star Wars would look like as we headed into the new year. I didn't even know how I felt about Rise of Skywalker because I hadn't had time to process it yet. And as I left the city that night and watched it bleed into the darkness, with the remnants of twinkling lights fading from the horizon, I wondered if, for many friends and collectors, this would be the end of collecting Star Wars toys and ephemera. Props, cast and crew items, figures and vehicles, prototypes, and all these strange and wonderful things that tie us to the films and stories we love. And while that night brought a sense of closure for many of us, I wondered if it would shudder an overall interest in collecting, especially for those who saw the original trilogy in the theaters. This was not a baseless thought. The months leading up to a Skywalker Saga film are generally very exciting, with collectors clamoring for the new toys as well as the nostalgic ones. But this time they had been more muted. A large Star Wars collectibles auction held by the Hakes Auction House in November, a month before, was viewed by many as a disappointment when it came to sales. Or worse, a failure. The high-end prototype market had begun to cool, and a number of long-time collectors began to sell off some of their vintage first shots and proof cards at relatively discounted prices. It didn't help that the previous two films, The Last Jedi and Solo, A Star Wars Story, left many fans either aggressively angry, disappointed, or indifferent. There was a time where Star Wars collectibles, especially loose and carded figures and prototypes, were white hot, and collectors would literally snatch them up in mere seconds or minutes after they were posted on eBay or on Facebook. Those sales seemed to cool severely, and many once-coveted items sat for longer periods of time. Interest in collecting seemed to be waning, 
But now, months later, we are seeing a resurgence in the Star Wars collectibles market. Who knew that it would take a season of being quarantined to ignite it again? This is an historical snapshot of what it's like to be a collector and Star Wars fan during a pandemic. This is a look at the Star Wars collectibles market over the past three months using eBay as a barometer. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. the collecting market. Shortly after the COVID-19 pandemic hit the United States in March, I received that simple one-sentence text message from my friend Ryan, who collects and sells Star Wars toys. There goes the collecting market. He wasn't being crass. All of us had been following the news. We knew what was happening, but at the same time, none of us knew what was actually happening. But he was making an observation about the hobby we love. And I had to agree with him. After all, with people locked down in their respective homes, ordering whatever groceries the stores had in stock through orders online, with things like toilet paper shortages and products like Lysol and hand sanitizer seemingly wiped off the face of the earth, the last thing anyone would care about would be pieces of plastic and cardboard belonging to a series of space stories. And it wasn't the diminishing values of the toys that truly worried my friend. It was everything that went with it. Being shuttered away from one another and from our normal routines meant that there would be no toy shows, no meetups, no shared moments and memories, no frivolous spending on items that interested us, no time to explore things that bring us joy if our days are filled with anxiety over staying healthy and protected. Those areas of our collecting brains tend to shift in times of need toward urgent matters, like stockpiling food and hunting necessities. But amid this real phantom menace, (laughs) something unexpected happened. The collecting market increased like never before, with more people discovering new Star Wars toy lines to love and building up their display cases with new and vintage pieces. And as the summer begins, the world of Star Wars toys is thriving. And looking back on that initial text message, I am happy to say that my friend was wrong. However, I'd like to think that when he wrote, There Goes the Collecting Market, it was a bit of foresight on his part, like he was looking toward the sky as the prices and the amount of items that exchanged hands from home headed skyward.
So why did this uptick in prices and purchases happen? This phenomenon within the hobby intrigued me, and I've thought about it constantly for the past few days. Like Ryan, I had expected collecting and the shared interest around it to take a back seat to everything that was happening around us, if not to disappear completely for a while. Here are a few of the factors I believe have led to a thriving market. First, collectors collect. It's woven into our DNA. It's what we do. Regardless of what's happening all around us, and sometimes because of what's happening all around us, we collect. We hunt, we pursue, we unlock, we purchase, we anticipate, we open, we display, we build. We are explorers, archaeologists, historians, and curators. And even if we can't attend toy shows and events, even if we're stuck indoors, we're still collectors. And eBay, Amazon, online toy shops, and Facebook collecting groups become even more important than ever. We really never lose that sense to collect. Second, unused funds. The cancellation of many, if not all, of the meetups, toy show weekends, large conventions, and vacation trips freed up a considerable amount of money. Going into the year, many of us were saving up for events like Star Wars Celebration, which can cost an attendee a few thousand dollars when you factor in things like meals, airfare, hotels, and a five-day admission ticket. And that's not counting spending money for room sales and collectibles purchased during that show. For many, Celebration is just one event on a large list. And when the promoters announced they were postponing or pushing off these events to next year, collectors found themselves with considerably more spending money for this year. Third, government money. Those who filed their tax returns in advance may have received a state or federal tax refund. And many collectors received as much as $1,200 in a countrywide granted stimulus program. Fourth, intensifying the side hustle. In addition to adding pieces to their own collections, many collectors sell toys on the side. Those who understand the nuances of the market use their knowledge to unlock value and to make a profit to fund their collecting. And digital marketplaces like eBay and Facebook are always open. And for people in need of money during this time, buying and selling online can be immensely helpful. Fifth, catching up on collecting. For many of us, being quarantined meant catching up on some of the Star Wars films and series that we may have missed or forgotten the first time around. In anticipation of the final season of The Clone Wars, a number of collectors around the world watched the series while homebound, and some watched it with their children. And the resurgence of The Clone Wars has also led to a newfound appreciation of the animated series Star Wars Rebels, as many of the stories continued in that show during its run. And we can't have a conversation about Star Wars without mentioning The Mandalorian, which is one of Lucasfilm's hottest properties in years, and the collecting market surely reflects that. And as I like to say, toys and collectibles serve as tangible souvenirs of intangible moments. So if you're watching a show by yourself or with your loved ones, and you connect with it on an emotional level, you're going to seek out the toys for it. Sixth, boredom. It's simple. If you're home and you're a collector, you'll probably treat yourself to a few items here and there. And that's okay. It's good to treat yourself. You're special and loved, and you deserve a treat, especially in times of frustration or anxiety. Seventh, carefully curating. 
Being at home has given collectors a chance to evaluate their respective collections. I'm sure we've all gotten to a point in which we ask ourselves, which pieces do I love and which ones can I pass on to other collectors? Assessing what we own during this time is great. It's cathartic, and it gives us a better idea of what we've accumulated over the years, which ones actually mean something to us, and which ones are merely taking up space. And when thousands of collectors are doing that at the same time, it turns the online marketplace into an exciting community yard sale. Thus, we sell the pieces we merely like in order to buy the ones we love. And in doing so, we and other collectors are benefiting as more pieces are being made available. In the third Early Bird episode of the podcast, titled Chewbacca, Collecting, and a Community, I mentioned the three qualifications that made collecting Star Wars toys a sound investment. I wasn't doing it as an investment, but since I did not have a lot of money at the time, I wanted to make sure I could enjoy the hobby without losing money on my purchases. I think those tenets are crucial for any collector, and I think they can aptly explain why Star Wars toys have risen in price. To review, the three qualifications were an emotional connection with the properties on which the toys were based, a finite supply and a lasting relevance. And I echo those three qualifications to a large degree in my earlier points on why the market has skyrocketed for Star Wars toys lately. They simply provide us with memories of better times, or we're emotionally invested in the characters and their stories while we revisit the shows and films while quarantined. And even with newer figures, due to current circumstances, there's a finite supply. More people are on eBay buying up toys because they're not taking trips or commuting or going out to events and to public places. So the focus funnels to sites like eBay and to local brick-and-mortar shops like Walmart and Target. And for many of us who aren't making trips out to the stores, we are left to feverishly hunt online for the new releases that we and everyone else want. For now, there really is a finite supply for all things vintage and modern. And Disney is certainly keeping Star Wars relevant to fans and to collectors. Whether it's through the 6-inch Black Series line celebrating the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, or the 3 3 quarter ones in their retro line, or the figures from The Mandalorian, or even the upcoming re-release of the Rebels characters in a redesigned Black Series packaging, there's always something to collect. Star Wars is as relevant to pop culture now as it was five years ago when The Force Awakens swept into movie theaters, and as it was 25 years ago when The Power of the Force 2 line first premiered. So now that we've looked at some of the reasons why collectors are spending during this season, let's explore some of the items they're currently buying during quarantine. Here are three areas of the hobby that has seen rising interest and rising values over the past three months, based on sales occurring on the eBay platform. The Clone Wars. I am here to bring you to justice. 
justice is merely the construct of the current power base. A base which, according to my calculations, is about to change. Now, to be specific, this is the figure line that ran from 2008 to 2013 and was based on the computer-generated animated series from the same time frame. The figures are some of the best in the modern Star Wars toy run, and they're easily recognized by their slender frames. There are very good reasons why the Clone Wars line in general saw a rise in value during the quarantine. The seventh and final season premiered on February 21st of this year. And with a month of winter weather remaining and the lockdown occurring a few weeks later, the Clone Wars became essential viewing. After all, it was the only new Star Wars content available during this time. The excitement and anticipation for the seventh season caused many to watch the entire series for the first time, or to rewatch it to reacquaint themselves with the material. The biggest beneficiary from the Clone Wars hype? Hands down, it's Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. Over the past seven seasons, we have seen her grow from a teenager into a mature and capable leader, and her character arc is responsible for some of the most important and exciting moments from the series. And Sam Witwer, the voice of Darth Maul, seems to share that sentiment. Here's Sam from a conversation with James Arnold Taylor for James's Talking to Myself YouTube series. When you think of Luke Skywalker being the point of view character of the original trilogy, yeah. um, ah- Ahsoka's like my favorite point of view character. Uh, you know, the wide-eyed, looking around, trying to figure out what the galaxy is, you know, that character. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of my favorite since Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. You know, I just uh, Ashley... And and Dave have done such a, a tremendous job with that character. I'm so ex- I mean, like here here's the bottom line: when yeah. you watch a fight between Ahsoka and someone, and you know she's going to live because you know what happens later, you're still worried. You're like, no, Ahsoka, look out! You know, yeah, and you know it's the, a good character. The most valuable Ahsoka figure from the Clone Wars line is from 2010, and is known as CW44 since it's the 44th figure in the Blue Card series. By that point, a number of Ahsoka figures had been released in the first two years of production, but they were all of the 14-year-old Padawan. CW44 featured a slightly older version and was a great transition piece to the Ahsoka we see in Star Wars Rebels. The sculpt was probably the best example made of her likeness for the series, and she came with two lightsabers and two hilts. At retail, the figure was disproportionately packed in cases with other figures at the time. Many collectors already owned an Ahsoka figure and may have passed up on buying another one in favor of grabbing a character they didn't already have. Up until this year, Clone Wars figures were never really expensive. With the exception of a handful of figures, they were generally under $50 each, with the majority of the line priced between $5 and $30. And while the CW44 Ahsoka rose in price over the past few years due to the character's rising popularity, By December, it was probably selling for around $85. The fact that she played a major role in the final season of Clone Wars, coupled with a growing appreciation for and connection to the character from new and old fans who were experiencing the show during quarantine, to the rumors she would appear in the second season of The Mandalorian and a possible Rebels sequel show, only propelled the CW44 figure's value further. And since the figure was already hard to find before this year even began, it has become one of the must-own items in any Ahsoka fan's collection. 
Prices have reached upwards of $300 for this figure during this time. Equally as popular is an Ahsoka figure that was released two years after CW44 for another Hasbro Star Wars line. The vintage collection was Hasbro's premium line during its run, and the cardbacks were reminiscent of the original Kenner cardbacks from the 1970s and 1980s. Ahsoka appeared in one of the final waves of the line's initial run in 2012, and was only available online for purchase. With interest in the vintage collection waning, many passed on the chance to buy VC-102, which was Hasbro's realistic take on the animated character. And while the figure was re-released a few years later as a Walmart exclusive for the Black Series, the VC-102 carded figure is highly valued by Ahsoka collectors. In fact, the price for this figure has soared over the past few months and has sold in the $275 to $375 range. The prices for all Ahsoka figures have risen recently, and some that were previously selling for $20 to $30 are now consistently selling for $85 as collectors clamor to complete their Ahsoka runs. And Ahsoka is not the only one to benefit from a renewed interest in the Clone Wars. The majority of the line formerly sold for between $5 and $30. Those same figures sell in the $20 to $80 range now. And figures like the ARC Trooper Commander Cult has shot up in value. Another hard figure to find over the past few years, this one has doubled or tripled in value lately, and has sold for as high as $350 on eBay. And many of the later figures produced for the 2010 Clone Wars line, including Serapis, Savage Opress, and the Riot Control Clone Trooper, are seeing big gains as more and more collectors develop an appreciation for this series. The Black Series As the Black Series enters its eighth year, it has not only become Hasbro's centerpiece Star Wars collection, but it has become hotter than ever, especially in the past few months. As collectors shop eBay for the figures they may have missed when they were available at retail, prices have surged on a number of key pieces. One of the biggest surprises was the increase in value for some of the Black Series full-size helmets. From what I understand, the helmets appeal to cosplayers because of their premium design and attention to detail. As one of the coolest helmets in the Star Wars community, the Kylo Ren mask is now commanding anywhere from $300 to $500 on eBay. It was also initially overlooked by collectors when it was sold in stores, and was apparently hard to find even then. The Black Series Shadow Trooper helmet is another one that has hit the $300 mark recently. And the Boba Fett, Poe Dameron, Luke X-Wing, Darth Vader, Shock Trooper, and Rogue One Stormtrooper helmets have all seen an increase in interest and in value over the past three months. On the Black Series 6-inch figure front, the Mandalorian characters are extremely popular. Hasbro released the first wave of figures in the fall, with each figure offered in three unique packages. The first was a first edition white box. The second was a carbonized figure in a bronze-colored box, and the figure was painted in a more metalized style. And the third was a standard red and black box release. The first edition Mandalorian figure has been selling between $125 and $200, making it one of the most valuable figures in the entire line. 
The standard Mandalorian and carbonized version have sold for $50 to $80 each, along with Jon Favreau's heavy infantry Mandalorian character and the bounty hunter IG-11. In the Black series, clones have become very desirable as well. This could be due to the return of the Clone Wars series, or may be based on the difficulty in obtaining them when they were originally available in stores. In addition, Hasbro did a fantastic job of making them detailed and accurate representations of some of the best designed figures in the Star Wars galaxy. In the past two months, Clone Commander Wolf has become one of the most valuable standard release figures, and is now selling in the $100 to $130 range. Other desired clone troopers are Captain Rex, both in the Hascon exclusive packaging and in the standard release, Commander Fox, Commander Bly, and Commander Gray. And one of the biggest gainers is one of the first ever Black Series releases, Clone Commander Cody from 2013. And maybe most shocking was the sheer amount of graded Black Series figures sold within the past three months, and the prices they commanded. In the past, very few collectors graded newer figures. Often, the price to have a figure encased and graded was more than the price spent on the item itself. And while the majority of collectors aim to own one of each of the pieces they desire, some have decided to invest in locking down the highest quality example they can find. And quarantine has provided collectors with the time to hunt high-grade examples and to splurge a bit. It seems the biggest draw is an uncirculated graded piece. An item is designated uncirculated with the letter U in front of the grade on the label, and it means it was pulled from a sealed factory case by the grading company. Boxed Black Series figures with an uncirculated grade of a 9.0 or higher on a scale of 10 are the most desirable, and are now selling for hundreds of dollars in some cases. Figures released during the first two years of the Black Series run, 2013 and 2014, tend to command a premium. They were some of the earliest figures produced, they are major characters that have not been re-released, and it is harder to find them in grade-worthy condition due to the standard wear and tear of these older items. Boba Fett was one of the clear winners here, as the 2013 figure draws in a consistently higher price than almost any other standard release graded Black Series figure as high as $500 uncirculated. The Walgreens exclusive white prototype outfit Boba Fett and the San Diego Comic-Con 40th anniversary figure are also heavily desired by collectors. Please lower your blaster. Have them lower theirs first. We have you four to one. I like those odds. The Mandalorian. As I mentioned earlier, when it comes to Star Wars, there's almost nothing hotter than The Mandalorian. Disney kept much of the characters and story a secret leading up to the series' eight-episode release. The company sacrificed millions of dollars in sales in order to avoid leaks, and while that may have been a risky business move, it has certainly paid off in the long term. The show was an instant hit when it premiered in November, and fans have been snatching up the toys and licensed items with fervor. Many of the collectibles were released this spring, with a number of items selling out as quickly as they were put on shelves. 
One of the biggest sellers on eBay's secondary market is the Build-A-Bear version of the Baby Yoda-like character known simply as the Child. It was released in April and sold out almost immediately. During the first month of availability, the Child sold in the range of $120 to $200. While sales have tailed off recently, the Build-A-Bear plush figure still sells for $75 to $100. The three and three quarter inch vintage collection figures continue to sell well and have doubled and tripled in value. One of the more popular items is the ATST Walker, a callback to Return of the Jedi. Known as the ATST Raider, it made its appearance in an episode of The Mandalorian directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and it comes with an exclusive Klaatuinian Raider figure. The ATST Raider sells in the $60 to $75 range, and the figure alone sells anywhere from $30 to $40 by itself. And finally, one of the most consistent sellers is the Black Series version of the Child, known more commonly as Baby Yoda. The value of the Child has stayed pretty consistent, too, and is in the $10 to $20 range, not too far off from its original cost. Even though Hasbro made us all wait months before we could pick up one of these little green guys, the company made sure there would be enough for every collector to own at least one. And dozens and dozens of them have sold on eBay since the figure first became available in early April. So what are the main takeaways from collecting during quarantine? Collectors haven't stopped collecting. With extra money from stimulus checks and tax refunds, and with many planned and costly trips and vacations canceled for the year, fans are picking up pieces meaningful to them and relevant to their collections. They're connecting to characters from old and new Star Wars stories, and are seeking out figures and collectibles based on these properties on digital marketplaces like eBay and Facebook. And as everyone turns to a site like eBay for these purchases, prices are rising due to an abundance of interest and a dearth of items available. Buyers see the increasing values each week, and in many cases, are paying a premium now to avoid paying a lot more as quantities of these treasured items diminish. And this is only a small sample of the vast and exciting marketplace that is filled with Star Wars collectibles spanning decades of films and series and covering every character imaginable. But to me, all of this represents one thing. Hope. We know that one day soon that quarantine will lift and we will all be together again. And whether it will be at a theater celebrating the release of the latest Star Wars film or at a friend's house for a collector's club meeting, or in a massive group setting at a toy show or a convention like Star Wars Celebration, we will continue to collect. It's who we are. It's what we love to do. And with tomorrow's rising sun, there will always be endless and wonderful possibilities to pursue. So stay positive, keep hunting and learning, and hold tightly to hope. <laughs> 